I'm sure we've all had those occasions when you would have liked almost to have been in two places at one time. Maybe two things are on and you would like to attend both, but of course that is an impossibility for men and women like us. It does happen at times when we are busy, when things uh, come that we would like to be attending, sometimes even three or four things, and we would be at them if there were different times. But it is completely outside the realm of reality for us to be in two places at once. It would be a thing of sci-fi movies if that were to be the case. Men and women are restricted. We've been given a position on earth. We have a physical body. We are in this sphere of time. We live in a particular area and in a particular community. But the Creator knows no such restriction. He is the one who is omnipresent. He is the God who is everywhere uh, in the world. Wherever we go, there you will find God. And we should take a thought about this for a moment and let it sink in to our minds. As the psalmist says in Psalm 139, there are some of these things that are, are nearly too wonderful for us, too deep. We find it Uh, unfathomable because we have finite minds and we are thinking about the infinite God. But what does this mean uh, for us this evening uh, as we worship? Thinking about God who is present everywhere. We'll just think of it this way. While God is here and we believe he is here with us in our worship, he is also with the people who are on the other side of the world, some of them sleeping. Some of them perhaps are rising and having quiet time and they believe and know that God is with them. So right around the globe, wherever we are, God is present. Indeed, the mind, our minds may boggle at the very idea, the thought that God is everywhere present all the time. We want to look this evening at some points to give us direction and begin with thinking about what the Scripture has to say and show that this is the teaching of God's Word. It is a scriptural truth. And then I want to think about how it is to be a challenge and then, of course, at the end, a comfort. And so I hope that we will be encouraged as we think about this attribute of our God, one who is omnipresent or always or everywhere present. We think first of all then of ethics as a scriptural truth. Portions of scripture show us that this is something that is true. We may find it very hard in our own hearts to fully comprehend the presence of God all around us and all around the world and in every mood and whether we're in the heights or the depths, God is there. But this is a truth that we need to take on board in its various aspects. And one of the first texts 
I might refer to, the one that sprung to mind almost immediately was that word in Genesis where Hagar was being uh, sent away from Abraham. And there she was with her son Ishmael being sent away from Abraham, the father of the faithful. God was with Abraham. And as Hagar is sent away, of course, the question in the mind is, will, will God watch over or be with Hagar? Will God be present with her? And of course, God hears uh, her in the wilderness, in the desert. And in Genesis chapter 16, verse 13, we have this word from her. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. Remember, God addressed her and spoke to her and actually gave her great promises. She gave this name. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. So although Hagar uh, and her son, the son of the natural affections rather than the son of promise, was being sent away from the chosen Abraham, God was there. God saw her and she knew Whatever she knew of God, she knew that he is a God who was with her. God was present. God was there. She had been sent away, but she wasn't away from God's presence. God was right there. And there are a number of texts, and I want to go through a number of different references just to show how God is in different things. We, there are no particular order. First of all, Proverbs 15, verse 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place watching the evil and the good. And that reminds us that God is in all kinds of places, everywhere. His eyes are there. He is there. And of course, that we can come back to that later in the other two points. Then we think of Solomon in the, and the temple, First Kings Chapter 8 and verse 27, these are his words. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and the highest heavens cannot contain him. You, how much, contain you, how much less this house which I have built. And really, Solomon is aware that God will not be there in the temple alone, but he will be everywhere that the, the temple, he wasn't going to be restricted to being in one place, for he was right in the heavens, and the highest heavens couldn't even contain him. His presence everywhere. In Acts 17:24, we read these words, The God who made the world and all things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made by, with hands. That's following on from the idea of Solomon. God is not in a building or in a temple. He is much greater than that. Present wherever his people are, wherever we go, he is there. Of course, we have the promise in Matthew 18, 20, where two or three have gathered together in my name. I am there in the midst. That's a tremendous blessing so that Wherever we go as God's people, as God's people meet here, as God's people meet 
across the world today. What do we read? The Lord is with them. He is present in all these different localities around our province, in our island, in these islands, in Europe, and around the world. He hears. He is with his people. Or we could come to Isaiah 57. For thus says the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy, I dwell on a high and holy place, and also with the contrite and lowly in spirit, in order to revive the spirit of the lowly and revive the heart of the contrite. And that's saying through the prophet that God is not just in the high echelons of spirituality, but he comes to meet and is present with the lowly and the humble. He's not just with those who are exercising their faith in a powerful way. He is present also with those who are humble, with those who can hardly lift their heads to look to the Lord. Hebrews 4, 12, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as a division of soul and spirit, both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And really, what that text is getting is that God is right in the heart and knows every part of us. Even as we read in Psalm 139, There is God right in the midst. And indeed, the next text raw from that psalm. What does David say in that psalm? You scrutinize my path and my lying down. You're intimately acquainted with all my ways, he says in verse 3. God is present with every detail of his life. Whatever he's doing, God is there. You have enclosed me behind and before You have laid your hand, he says, upon me. Where can I go from your spirit, he cries out in that psalm. Where can I flee from your presence? They can't, is the answer. If I go to heaven, you're there. If I descend into the very depths, God is there. And so the scripture is clearly laying before us the reality that God is present everywhere. He is truly the omnipresent one. And the psalm, Psalm 139, brings that out wonderfully as we have read through it. And we'll return maybe to think of that in a moment. Isaiah 66, verse 1 is another text that reminds us, Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. God is in heaven, but he's also in the earth. Where then is the house you could build for me? Well, Solomon already had answered that question, no house big enough. Jeremiah chapter 23, 23 and 24 speaks, and God is speaking, am I a God who is near, declares the Lord, and not a God far off? Can a man hide himself in hiding places so I do not see him, declares the Lord. Do I not fill the heavens and the earth, declares the Lord. So through Jeremiah, God is speaking. He says, I am everywhere. There's no hiding place. Israel, in their rebellion, might have thought that God would not see. God 
Similar sentiment in Psalm 113. The Lord is high above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who is enthroned on high. But then he goes on, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. Again and again and again, we get this coming through in Scripture, not only that God is present everywhere, but also it leads to the thought that God also knows all things. And that's another attribute, characteristic of God that we could think about. So wherever we turn, God is there. For out in the open, God is there. When we enter in and close our door and pray to our Father in secret, our God is there and he sees and he knows. What a wonderful thought. His eyes are upon all our ways. He is present wherever we are. Whether we're high up or low down, whether we're downcast, whether we're rejoicing, nowhere can we go where God is not present. It is scriptural truth and we should hold on to it. It brings with a real challenge. And the real challenge comes as we think about this matter as sinful people. First of all, in the thinking of this challenge, there's nowhere or there's no point in running from God. If God is everywhere, why try to run from God? Think of Jonah. That, in a sense, is what Jonah tried to do. He was told by God, go to Nineveh. He ran in the opposite direction. He thought he might get away from God, but of course he could not. God was right there in the boat in the middle of the ocean and had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. No point running away from God, for wherever you go, you will find him. And so that's a challenge to the sinner. Why not come and meet the challenge and confess your sin to God and admit he sees and knows and wherever you go, you will find him. Psalm 139 again makes that point so clearly. When David says, uh, if I go up to the heavens, he's there. When I go down to the very depths, he is there. If I try to hide, if I call the darkness to surround me, to hide me from God, he is there. You can't run away from God. Nor can we hide from God. Adam and Eve, who were thinking about this morning, tried to hide from God in the garden. Well, it was a pretty hopeless task because the Lord knew exactly where they were. He was there. It was his garden. He had created them. He knew. He didn't have to interview them to find out what they had done. He already knew. The prophet Amos records God as speaking of this hiding. Though they dig into hell... From there my hand will take them. Though they climb up to heaven, from there I will bring them down. And though they hide themselves on top of Carmel, from there I will search and take them. Though they hide from my sight at the bottom of the sea, from there I will command the serpent and it shall bite them. And here 
Amos is saying, wherever you go, God will be there in his wrath and his justice against sin. Jeremiah, we've already referred to, uh, but he is not a God far off. You can't hide in secret places. So I shall not see him. That's what, that's what God says through Jeremiah. Can anyone hide himself in secret places? So I cannot see him. No. It's an impossibility. Wherever we go, God is there. Everywhere. Remember Genesis 28. Behold, I am with you. I will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done this and what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And wherever Jacob went, he would find God with him. What a challenge to sinful people. You go into the inner room and think that no one is there. God is there. You think you can go somewhere and act in a way that dishonors God and no one will know. God is there and he knows. What a challenge. And as I said, we may, we, we may as well forget running or hiding from God. The only way in which we're going to deal with our sin is to cry out, Lord, have mercy upon me. And sometimes we do get that notion that we can hide from God. That we can get away from God. When I was thinking about this, it reminded me of a time when we were in Florida as a family. And you think, well, we're here in Orlando. We know nobody, nobody will know us. But it's, it's typical of the world, isn't it? We were standing in a shopping mall, heard a voice. Who was it? A friend in college with us and family. Amazing. The world's a small Wherever you go with God, He is always there. You may not think that He is real, that He is there. But He is. He is wherever you are. And He will find you out in your sin. Psalm 139 has the two sides to the challenge. He said, if, if I'm in sin and I try to hide, God will find me. What a challenge that is. But it also brings in the other side of this and the omnipresent God who brings great encouragement and comfort. Because what a joy it should be to the believer to know that God is everywhere and in every uh, thing that we meet he is present uh, there is wherever the believer may go God's protection is there because God is present there is no place where a believer can get away from the reach of God to protect and guide and be with him and what a wonderful thing that is what a comfort should we be under persecution. God is still there. Those who tonight are in prison for Christ, 
know that the Lord is with them. Even behind the bars of the prison cell, God is there and he is their God as powerful as anything. Isaiah 43 verse 2, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. What a wonderful encouragement. God will be with you in all the torturous things that come into your life because he is an ever-present Lord. Or in the book of Hebrews, he himself said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. The presence of God is such a great blessing to us so that we cry out and speak. He hears us. We pray and ask for guidance. He is right there to guide us. Should we be going through times of great blessing and rejoicing and much good is done, remember God is present and praise Him. It's in times like that, in fact, that we're more in danger of forgetting Him and thinking to ourselves, uh, in arrogance, we've done this. How good life is. Remember, God is there and He is the one who supplied your need. Just as whenever you're in the dark, troubled days, difficult days, days when there's sorrow, days when you think and may be tempted to think, where is God in all this grief? Remember God. It is all in His hand and He will give you the strength the comfort and help you through those issues that come. Whether that be mourning or pain, disease, suffering, whatever, the Lord is there. What a comfort for you who believe to know the Lord God is with you. What a great joy to sinners to know God is present. That when we come and confess our sin and recognize that he sees it anyway, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. He is present to care as a father. And while we may have to deal with the aftermath of our failures, the consequences of our sinful actions, our God is there helping us deal with that. To bring glory to his name. Take great comfort from this. In a way it is a a subject beyond a a sermon. We can think and meditate upon the ever-present help of God. It is a scriptural truth that we need to take on board. It is something that should challenge our sinful nature. For sometimes we want to hide from God. Well, we can't. Sometimes you want to run away from him. You can't. There are people who have been called to ministry. They've run from that maybe for a year or two. But they can't get away. For God wants them. And he is always there reminding them of his call until they give themselves to him. And it is such a comfort that in all their work, the Lord God is there to be with them. Whenever, whatever happening, whether we're in the height of exaltation or in the depths of despair, 
God is there with you.